Hello, this is Maddie. And this is Cass. And this is the Mage Monomyth podcast. Welcome the, back. The continued adventures of Nymira Zlickstrin mm-hmm. and her days at the conservatory. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, where did we leave off last time? Last time... In the garden. Oh, yes, in the garden after a lovely... Was it a garden or was it just like a clearing? Uh, it was a, more of a clearing. It okay, a, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a clearing that... Uh, Eldon had uh, kind of set up a little picnic area. It looked like there was some lunar root, but it almost looked like a, he had planted all of these things here. I think he set this up to have a nice little, uh, you know, midnight picnic date with Nymira. A which, friend date. A friend date. Well, that's certainly not how he intended it when he set it up, but that is definitely how it ended, which was very, it was very sweet. Actually, I believe it ended with you two just sort of laying out on the picnic looking at I the stars. I fell asleep. And at the very least, you fell asleep. Yeah. I guess that's a good place to pick up. Mm-hmm. You're awake now. Mm-hmm. And you can feel, even before you open your eyes, that you are... So, even before you open your eyes, you can tell that you're still outside. Partially because you can hear birds chirping, you know, you can hear the sounds of the day in the kind of wooded area you were in when you fell asleep, Uh, but you can also just feel the crisp air and you just know that you're outside. So when you do open your eyes, you see that you're in the same clearing uh, and you are on a picnic blanket Mm -hmm. that was laid out before, but the basket and Eldon... And all of the lunar root is gone. Uh-huh. And I'm alone? And you are alone, laying out on this blanket. I'd like to thoroughly look around to see if anybody's around or any signs of <laughs> struggle sure, or anything. Sure, a, a good synonym for thoroughly look around, would that be investigation or perception? Your choice. Um, I will do investigation. Sure. To look thoroughly. Fifteen? So, just at a quick glance, at first, before your fifteen kicks in, you can see that uh, there's no one else around, and the clearing, now that you can see it by the light of day, you see that the clearing is, like, deliberate. As in, Eldon most likely came out here and cleared the area uh, by removing oh. a lot of the, like, like this is not a naturally occurring clearing. He, he manufactured this clearing. Um, and it is clean enough that it looks like he might have used magic in order to manufacture the clearing. Because the trees are, like, perfectly aligned in a circle. Um, the lunar root appears to be gone... And it almost looks like it was uprooted mm-hmm. uh, and then like someone like kicked a little like dirt and grass over where the roots were pulled so that the whole plant has been taken. And there are, there's really not much evidence here that there was anything here, like it was used for anything other than, well, a picnic blanket that you're laying out on right now. And like I said, you're alone and you don't see anybody else around you in the immediate area. Can I tell what kind of, 
Can I tell what time of day it is and if I'm missing any class right now? It's super early in the morning, um, most likely just after sunrise. Mm -hmm. uh, you would not be missing class right now. Um, then I'm going to try to huff it to my room. Uh, when you get towards the building, the door, the, the door that you know you need to enter, that is the quickest route to where your room is, the door opens. And Before I open it? Correct. Uh-huh. Like, right as you get to about 10 feet to the door, like, I don't know, maybe you're reaching for the door, like, right, right when you get to that point, the door opens, and Diz steps, like, out into, into the door frame itself. And it's just like staring at you. Um. Hello. Mm. Good morning. What's so good about it? Um. Fresh dew? Where'd you run off to last night? Um. I wanted to see the stars at night, so I went out. Alone? Uh-huh, I lied. Make a deception check. Uh, five. Uh, <laughs> you, hear, uh, you hear him go, mm-hmm. And he kind of steps back and like, to the side, like he's deliberately clearing space for you. Like, ge he is not physically gesturing for you to enter, but he is stepping he aside. He has and made like, the room for yeah, it. Yeah, he's made the room for it, and he's like, he looks at you, and he looks inside, and he looks back at you. Thank you. Once you're inside, he closes the door behind you, and he kind of st almost like stands guard at the door because it's back to the door. As you round that corner where you and Eldon had yeah, come from, yeah. you round that corner, you can, with your passive, you can catch out of the corner of your eye Diz standing in front of the door, just shaking their head, and, and you just hear, mm, mm, grumble, grumble, grumble. I'll have to <clears throat> find out what his favorite food is or something. <sighs> cheesecake. Cheesecake. <laughs> he seems like a cheesecake guy, I don't know. He does. Yeah. Um, I would like to try to go to my room. Um, if it's ask crack of dawn, um, I don't know if there's any other guards I need to worry about that I know of. No. Okay. Then I'm going to try to sneak in uh, quietly to see if I can just sneak into my bed. Gotcha. Uh, Wee, like the bed that you're sleeping yep. on and Chiwi's under? Okay. Yep. Uh, Go ahead and make a stealth check to see what your sneak through the halls looks like. Sneak? Um, do you like a six? A six! A sassy six. A sassy six. I would say that with a six, you're, you believe that you're very quiet. <laughs> um, you don't encounter anyone in the hallway. It does not appear as though anyone is, you know, up and moving about. Yeah. It's probably only, like... Like roughly six thirty ish as the sun has just come out, maybe seven. So and you know that classes start at about nine AM. So people start to 
get up. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what, what, what a world. In a fantasy world where If we we're can... making our <laughs> ideal world. Yeah. 9 a.m. Ideal 9 a.m. classes. Whew. Just don't be late for class. Like if you're supposed to be there at 9 and you get there at 9.01, man, you are in trouble. Do people lock their dorm rooms? Uh, they are lockable, yes. So like our dorm does have a lock on it. Has yeah. a lock on it? Do I know if we're stereotypically Do I know no. if that's like part of the night procedure to do that? There is no rule that says you have to lock your dorm. Mm -hmm. Typically the dorms get locked when when there's no one in them. Oh, like when yeah. when you leave for class for the day, the dorm you you know, you lock your dorm so that no one can snoop around your stuff, you know, stuff like that. But there isn't really a rule that says you have to lock it at night, although some people do, right? It's, it's I guess, common practice. Whether your group does or not, I, I don't think so. I think everyone in your group is pretty trusting. The only person that I would think that would consider locking the door is Aerith. I'm not really asking for my party. I'm wondering oh. if Eldon's dorm room is locked is it on the way it is on the way to i would like to try to peek in and see if eldon is in there uh when you get to uh eldon's dorm mm -hmm. his group's dorm and you uh check the door yeah it is locked mm. i definitely don't have thieves tools on me um, I'm going to, uh, nobody's around. Not that you can see. I'm going to take out a piece of parchment. Okay. And, um, use illusory script and write a note for Eldon. Um, and have him as the recipient. Um, and just say, um... Eldon. <laughs> Good way to start a note, yeah. Um, thank you for everything you did to make last night happen. It was really nice. Sorry I fell asleep. I hope you got back safely. Hope to talk to you soon. Little heart, and then I sign Nymira. And I fold it. Um, when he sent me a note, it had a succubus drawing on it. I'm gonna do a little devil, a little impy kind of guy, just real scribbled in the corner. Um, heart, and then a little imp, fiendish imp. Um, to go with it as like a call back to that. Cool. And I slide it under the door. When you kneel down or like reach down to slide the note under the door, you hear the lock disengage. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> <laughs> and you're like down with the note right there and the door <laughs> opens. Oh. And, uh, 
Valaine Sanguina yeah. is standing there. Um, and uh, for those listening, uh, she has the like shorter, darker hair. She has the big, wide, wireframe glasses. She's kind of like like nerdy looking, but just just that like sheepish nerd look. Mm-hmm. And when you first met her, she's like clutching a tome mm-hmm. against her chest. She doesn't have that now, um, and she looks a lot more like brow furled, like more serious. And she like pulls the door open and sees you and is like, "What are you doing here?" Can I look past her? You see, everyone else is still in bed, and Eldon's bed is empty. Fuck. And it's like made, Ugh. like as if it has not been slept in. Oh, um, I stand up. Good morning. Good morning. Um, did Alden not come in last night? What business is it of yours? None really. It's just a little weird that someone's out. You're leaving a note for Eldon? I was. I wanted to apologize again for the class disruption. I'll give it to him. And she like reaches out, like holding her hand out expectantly. Can I gauge her intent? Make an insight check. Okay. Ten. I'm slowly working up my numbers. Yeah. Um, (laughs) She... I'd say a ten is good enough to know... She's pretty quick to be like, give it to me. And from what you can tell, there is... It's a 50-50. It's a 50-50 whether she's actually going to give it to him. Namir is more trusting than I am. I will um, give it to her. Good day. And she goes to close the door. (laughs) Do you want to try and stop her? No. That was my <laughs> flustered <laughs> as the door shutting sound. <sighs> you hear her kind of walk away from the door, and you can still kind of hear some sound. And you hear um, a softer voice, a soft voice like hers, but it seems to be more masculine, I guess, is the only way I can put it. Like it has a, like a deeper tone to it. And uh, you hear uh, it's coming from like in and to the left. And in terms of who you saw sleeping in there, the only one that fits, that you think fits that voice type is the drow, the mm-hmm. like the younger elf, kind of almost like childlike. Mm-hmm. And you hear a voice say, uh, who was it? It was Zlikstrin. What did she want? She gave, wrote this note for Eldon. And you hear him go, you're not going to give it to him, are you? She said, thinking about it. <laughs> Curious as to what it might say. But knowing her and her family is probably some mischief afoot. I nod. I'm, 
I'm more worried about Elden than I am about getting back to my room in time. I want to look around for Elden um, out in the halls, um, if I have any ideas of where he might be. Make a perception check. We'll if see. there's an owl around. Perception, you said? Ten. So, as you begin kind of wandering to look for him, you don't see him. And uh, the more time you spend looking for him, the more active the halls become. You start to see one or two students kind of coming out of their dorms, like, you know, rubbing their eyes, like probably making their way down to where the... Pumps the, here? Uh, they look more like they have toiletries with them, like they're heading to where the bathing is and stuff. Um, so, like, as you move towards, like, 7.30, people are coming out and heading in that direction. And then as you get closer to 8, you start to see people who are, like, fully dressed heading towards the commissary. Um, I don't know how how much time do you want to spend out of your room looking for him. At what at what point would you go back? I would go back when I have to get changed and get ready to leave. Whenever whatever a good time would be to make it to my next class on time. Gotcha. Well, your first class is at nine. Yeah. And if you are going to simply change and go to class, you probably only need you know, 15, 20 minutes to make it back to your room, yeah. change and head out. Yeah. Um, so you could, in theory, search up to like 8.30 mm -hmm. if you want to keep looking around until then. Um, Before there's hustle and bustle of people. Yeah, once you hit like 8.30, like basically promptly at 8.30, almost all the students are out, dressed, have eaten, or are finishing eating in the hall, like taking snacks in the hallway, and are begin moving, you know. Can I do something before that? Sure, sure, sure. Like around 8, 8.15? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to check the bathroom, the library, and the commissary um, for Eldon. And I am checking the men's restroom for Eldon. Gotcha. If they are gendered restrooms. They are not. Okay. Make a perception check. Uh, we'll do investigation now that you're looking in specific places. Um, 18. Uh, so, as you move towards the bathroom, like uh, where the bathrooms are and the, the showers and stuff are, uh, you don't see him. You see, you, you see a few people who are making their way out and yeah. things like that, but you don't see Elden. Mm -hmm. um, you head towards the, so the library was another place that you're looking. Yeah. Um, and there's really nobody in the library. There's m the, the, I guess. Is there a librarian? There's the staff and a head librarian that's there. But in terms of. I picture a tortle. Sure. There's a, there's a tortle librarian. <laughs> Just all old and shaky with the glasses yep. on. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> so. Famously said by a turtle. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, a tortoise. Let's be specific here. Okay, thank you. Um, so, in terms of students, there are not really any students in here, except for one. It's Eric. Uh, 
I was wondering. And you see her like sitting at a table, and when you open the door to the library to peek in, she kind of like glances up at you, glances back down at her books, and like double takes really quickly back at you, and like looks around, and there's no one here, and she goes, Zlikstrin! And then you hear the total librarian go, Shh! And she's like, I come over. I straighten up and come over. Where were you? We were all worried sick about you. I kind of... Um... You were worried about me? The others in the, the others dorm. Were... Gotcha. Um... She gets, like, kind of red in the cheeks. I... I don't know. I went out and I kind of snuck out. Um, she gets all, she gets wide-eyed like. I went outside and nothing crazy. I just, I'm not used to being under the night sky. So I went out and I accidentally fell asleep out there. So, um, kind of coming back, but I, um, heard some hustle and bustle in, um, the other room. Do they have a room name? A room, we're room 11, right? Their room, Elden's room, you mean? Yeah. Elden is room, room one. Room like, one? Like, are room we 11? One. Is that You're remembering 11, right? Yeah. Um, on my way back to room 11, though, I heard some hustle and bustle from room one that Elden was gone, and I was looking around for him. I don't know where he went. Have you seen him? No. Word of advice, Zlikstrin? Yeah. If someone like Elden goes missing, it just increases the likelihood that we will be selected as, uh, you know, highest. Aerith. What? That's not very nice. Well, why are, why is this a competition with you? First of all, you should know that the group in first year that does the best at the end of the year is the is the group that do you not know about the whole archivist thing? The what? Archivists? Like becoming an archivist? Don't you know Zarta is the keeper of the archive below the Conservatory? I keep a really fake, like, hmm, interesting. I don't know about that face. I'm not, I'm trying to be genuine. And the group that performs the best is typically the group that ends up getting offered, you know, for first dibs on becoming an archivist. I don't want to use the phrase teacher's pet, but such a negative connotation to it. You think our group? <laughs> well, not with that attitude, Slickstrin. <laughs> Look, you don't have to Tanya Harding the competition. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Is that some one of the characters in one of your little silly stories? It's a mage. There's a whole biography. You know what? Never mind. Um. <laughs> 
I'm just saying that if something were to have happened to poor Eldon... That would be very bad. Yes. Bad in that sense. Good in the sense that... <sighs> what? Oh, would you want me to help you look for him? Yes. She kind of, like, realizes what she said. Like, you know when you say something and then you catch it after you say it? You're like, oh, shit. So... She's like, oh, and she like slams her book closed, and you hear it's the again. the total <laughs> like up um, thaumaturgy. How you can like increase the volume of your voice, like it mm-hmm. like echoes through the whole library. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, we don't have much time before we have to be at Bradley's class at nine. Gonna go look for him and just after you, Slickstream. <laughs> She's all bothered about it. Yeah. Um. I go. Well, I don't really know where to go. Do you have any ideas? When was the last time you saw him? Well, um, um. Was it? Was it the other day? Last night, when I was out... You saw him last night? Hold on! Hold on! I saw, um... His owl. It looked like his owl. And I wondered if he was out and about. That doesn't mean he was. I don't... Oh, for a second there, Zlickstrin, I thought you were about to say that you snuck out with him. <sighs> Palpitations thinking about that. Why? Because... It's, you know, the competition. She's like beat red. (laughs) I think I saw his owl, but it was, I fell asleep and I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I'm just a little worried. You think he would go back to his bed after? After what? After whatever he did, I don't know. Don't okay, know. okay. We <laughs> <laughs> should all together. It's like dead quiet in the library, and you say that, and she goes, "What?" <laughs> it like echoes through the library. <laughs> she like looks over, waiting for the turtle to shush her before she talks. Slickstrin, I thought you knew better than that. I mean, I knew you were a... Well, a Zickstrin, but my gods, you snuck out with Eldin. He left me a note, and I didn't know what it meant. I thought maybe something bad had happened. <gasps> Did or... you? And him? And... Did you... Nothing happened. Well, then why did you sneak out with him? I don't know. I thought he what was... Do you, what do you mean you don't know? He seemed very eager for whatever he was trying to do, and then I Some followed him. Some boy that Alanae says that you are attracted to, that she says you think is cute, invites you out, you sneak out in the middle of the night. What? Look, I don't really care how it sounds because 
all that really happened was we had a nice night together as friends. You see her kind of like sit back slightly in relief. Like there's like a little bit of weight off. Like, And I'm worried because I don't know if he got ashamed or something happened. I don't know. Um, but I'm, I don't want it to be my fault. I don't want it to happen either way, but I feel responsible. Well, it sounds like whatever Eldon's up to, probably related to, I imagine, trying to get, you know, one up on the other groups. I'm sure it's fine. Do you think he invited me out just to get me in trouble? Oh, uh, 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 I, I mean, no. I don't really think that either. I'm sure it's fine. What's she reading or studying? It's the book about your family. <sighs> but she, when she closed the book, she closed it like from the back to the front. So the front cover is face down on the It'd table. It'd be funny if she was like, like thumb still in the book. <laughs> um, I put a pin in that. Um, so you want to help me look? <sighs> if it'll help you feel better, then I suppose I, I'll help. Thanks, Sarah. Well, don't thank me yet. I've done anything. <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> I unthank you. But you can't unthank I me. I just did. What? That's not how it works. I just unthanked you, and then if we find <laughs> him, we'll thank you again. Typical Zixtrin attitude you have there. <laughs> no gratitude. Mm. <laughs> She's like, picks up her books, put them in a bag. Okay, well, where did you see him last? Out in the yard. I passed the guard, Diz, on my way back in, and... And Diz didn't reprimand you? Well, what special treatment does Lickstrins get know, around here? I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> you know what, maybe I just need to ask Diz if he's keeping an eye on things. Yes, well, let's go ask Diz. <laughs> I'm sure he has all the answers for you. <laughs> um, I ignore that and go. She's like following you. She's like rolling her eyes hard the whole time. And you find Diz in the same place. <laughs> he's still shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, he's like... Ugh. Um, do you want to come with Aerith or do you want to stay here? Well, I do uh, I was like, I'll go with you. Just lead the way. I do so. She I follows don't... you to Diz. Um, Diz? Hmm. I'm a little worried. Eldon's not in his room. Have you seen him? 
Eldon came back inside last night. He did? Mm-hmm. How did he seem? Fine. Did you see us leave? What do you mean? When we... Left. When we left. Are you saying you snuck out last night? Nope. Um, do you know where Eldon went? Nope. I did tell him to head back to his dorm. I don't think he did. Hmm. Well, he's got to be here somewhere. <sighs> Do I have any bright ideas about where Elden might be? Uh, why don't you make a... I, we didn't have the story moment of... If I'm ever... <laughs> if I ever... Um, Run away from getting married. Where I'm gonna be is the yeah. Boston parking lot. Yeah. So I don't have any like memory of Eldon being like, when I need to clear my head to think, I go to the roof. Something mm. like that. But you can make an insight check right now and see if maybe that might uh, help you. Um, insight? Mm hmm. 11. Well, it, according to Diz, he came back inside. Uh, so he's probably inside somewhere. Mm -hmm. You've checked common areas like the library, the bathroom slash showers, uh, and uh, we didn't cover it, but the commissary probably would have also been somewhere that you covered already. Because like, it's bathrooms... I did say that, library. but yeah. You said it, and then we... I did bathrooms, and then I did library. You're but saying we also checked yes. that? Okay. Yeah, because the, ba the bathrooms, and then the commissary, and then the library, in terms of where they are on campus. Uh-huh. So, you would know... What's my first class of the day? Uh, uh, technically, the, the group's first class of the day is Bradley's class. I grab an apple when we go through the commissary. Um... So you know that he's not in any of those places. Mm -hmm. He's not in his dorm. And technically you haven't checked any other dorms. So... That'd be wild. <laughs> more than... I mean, based on what you know about him, he's probably not in any of the other dorms. Yeah. Uh, obviously there's lots of classrooms to check. But there is technically one other place... That like you, a common area? Like a, like a common area, which is a center courtyard that where the, like, so the courtyard you were in previously is like the one that you were outside in the forested area. That whole courtyard is like battle courtyard. There's a central courtyard that's slightly smaller that's like with, on the inside of like a large square building. There's this like central courtyard that's like a small garden. Mm -hmm. Like... So small that you couldn't hide in it, but a central garden for yeah ants. Yes, it needs to be at least five times bigger than that, though. But like, there's a, a fountain and there's lots of 
benches and seating around there. People often use that courtyard as like a quiet place to study when they want to study outside, away from the battle class, like the tactical application classes. Um, On the way there, I do have a sense of urgency, but I also want to talk to Aerith on the way to there and say, um, so you want to be an archivist? Well, I'm, I'm... It's a possibility, and same, and it's a very prestigious, you know. Past archivists have, you know, done well in the guild. Yeah. Besides, um, status, what do you like about magic? Why are you here? She... Kind of stares off, like, off to the, like, above Nymira, and thinks about it, and she says, well, um, magic is fun. I smile real big. You, you have fun with it? Well, yes, I mean, and she kind of starts adjusting her glasses, and she, um... Like, <laughs> rolls up her sleeves after she adjusts her glasses. And she's like... And then she, like, waves one hand, like, to draw attention, right? She's, like, trying. She's doing this big thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it almost looks like what she's going to do is, like, a sleight of hand type thing. But really, she genuinely does, like, snap her fingers. And in her right hand, a bouquet of flowers appears. <coughs> That's beautiful. You don't like it. No, I love it. She's just Are very she like it? slowly, timidly like extends her hand I out s- like just as slowly and timidly like uh, is this what uh, uh, is what I can do as I take it. Are they real or are they? They're real. Wow, I you're gonna have to teach me that one. So as this is happening, a couple of the stu- a couple of other students are like walking kind of in the hall, like uh, uh, opposite of you. Like yeah. you guys are gonna cross paths, and she's like stopped to like summon this thing. And as they're coming towards you, uh, one of them is like, "Ooh, Eric's got a crush." <laughs> Fireball. <laughs> and she immediately turns around and is like. You take that back. <laughs> Can't have anyone going around spreading those kinds of rumors around here. Slanderous filth. <laughs> she's like, she turns back to you. She's like beat red her whole face. She's like, I just can't, can't believe other students. Thank you, Aaron. For but what? That's really cool. I. Love stuff like that. I I think that's what magic's all about. She's like, you you do? I do, oh, yeah. Right, well, uh... Let's go. Yes. Let's keep going. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> and we go to the courtyard. Yeah. The, cur- the courtyard is empty. With the exception... <laughs> The mic didn't see how hard I rolled my... There was a whole head bobbling with my eye roll. It was 
very uh, exaggerated. Yeah. There's a fountain at the center of the courtyard. Uh-huh. And uh, sitting on the edge of the fountain, like, sitting on the edge, but with his legs turned toward the fountain, mm-hmm. and his, like, whole body kind of turned to face the fountain, and it looks like he's, like, a flipping coins into the, flipping coins into the fountain, mm-hmm. uh, is Elden. You don't see his owl, but you do see him. And he's mostly, I mean, he's fully dressed, but he doesn't have his, like, accessories, so... When I originally described him, I kind of described, like, how he had, like, I think I described, like, he has, like, blue robes with, like, kind of silver trim. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I did also just show you the picture instead of actually describing it, but he has these blue robes with silver trim, but he he also has these sort of, like, leather uh, shoulder pauldrons pauldrons, um, that have straps that cross, that they secure the robe on his back, Um, but he also wears... Uh, he has a, a sword that he, it's like family heirloom yeah. that he carries with him. So he has that strapped and he has these like kind of purple leather gloves. And I mean, he's, he's, he, that's how he carries himself through at school. He wears all of these things. He doesn't usually bring the sword to most of his classes, but especially like his tactical application classes, which you don't get to see, you're not in his group, but he, he, he is mostly decked out most of the time. But right now he's just wearing the like tunic pants. Uh, he does not have the cape or mm-hmm. the, the cloak. He does not have the leather pauldrons. He does not have uh, he has a normal belt on, but he doesn't have a sword belt on and he doesn't have his gloves on. So he's like dressed, but he's not decked out the way he or, he normally is. Yeah. And he has a coin purse that's on the edge of the fountain. Mhm. And it's open, like, pulled open all the way. Drawstrings, like, pulled open all the way. And he's, like, picking out coins and, like, tossing them in the water. Melancholy? Uh, Melancholy? Filled, filled with a gloaming sense of melancholia. So what I said. Yes. <laughs> um, to Aerith, I say, um, is it okay if you wait up? I, I thought maybe I should talk to him private. She like takes a deep breath, like she's a, about to, like like uh, like really go into it. Just by, she's like, <sighs> sure, yes. Can you hold these for a minute? And I hand her the flowers. So as you hand her the flowers, a couple other students <laughs> are passing in an opposite direction. Like, ooh, my mirror's got a crush. <laughs> I pay no mind. And she takes them and you sort of see on her face that what she wants to ask, like, well, we, you don't want them anymore? Uh, can you just hold them for a minute? Uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll be over. Okay, I'll be over here. Here. Um, I uh, go. She, like, points in one direction and you point in the other direction and then when she goes to move, she moves in the direction you pointed at first. Like, oh, oh uh, yeah, sorry. And then she, like, stops and goes the other direction. Here, you go right, I'll go left. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> um, I approach Eldon. Does he notice me? Um, <laughs> he, like, turns 
his head to kind of like glance in your direction and then... I wave. He just sort of like smiles half-heartedly and mm. turns back, picks up another coin. And now that you're closer to him, you can see that when he picks up the coin and he's holding it, you can see him like... His lips are moving. Say like something. He's like muttering words, like whispering to himself and then tossing the coin in the fountain. Yes. A good DM probably would have better described the court courtyard. Sure. So the courtyard... Uh, has inner uh, where the where the walls of the courtyard are. There is a uh, like a ten foot walkway mm-hmm. of stone, and along the edge of that walkway, lining the courtward courtyard proper, are pillars with uh-huh. arches between each pillar. Very gothic architecture, as is you know the whole school. Um, the courtyard itself, though, is decorated with like stone benches and stone pillars. Uh, there are statues kind of in this courtyard. Um, it's not particularly big, but it is several hundred feet by several hundred feet. Yeah. Versus the courtyard out back, which was like, uh, it's like a yard, a yard, yeah. a massive yard with a forest in the back, and you know. Like, it's, it's land, yeah. that kind of courtyard, but it is walled in. So, this courtyard, uh, at the center of it, there's a fountain. And it's one of those, like, three-tiered fountain, three-tiered stone fountains. Yeah. Why are you laughing? Because of what I'm about to do, or trying to do. Okay. At the top of the stone fountain, you know how, have you seen those fountains that have, like, a little cherub, like... On the top, or some like little like angelic, t- yeah, or something <laughs> like that, yeah. At the top of this fountain, there's an imp, and he's pissing into the hell yeah the first layer, and he's like he's got this face. I was hoping there'd be at least one imp, yeah, or fiendish Marvel. Well, the st- and the statues that are in this courtyard are also all fiendish. Cool. Um, they are of various like tiefling looking um there's another type of creature called a cambion oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah their statues are like cool cambions yeah and at the top of the fountain is a cambions little imp fucking cool and you've seen the like the calvin and Hobbes, like the pissing Everywhere. calvin yeah, yeah yeah so this is like an imp where he's like pissing <laughs> imp, and, he, and he's got like that face that just says <laughs> cool. that's what that face says i want to hook a silver um into the water fountain from like 30 feet away. The the large basin of the water fountain? He's flicking coins in, right? Into the large basin part. Yep. But then there's like a smaller tier and then an even smaller tier at the very top. I'm going to aim to do it as in front of, like plop it as close to where he is He is as sure. possible. Make a, an attack roll, dexterity. I was laughing thinking about accidentally hitting him in the face. Dexterity? Uh, yeah, because you're throwing it. 14. Not bad. Uh, yeah, so you, you flick it and it lands. And it lands close enough that the water splashes up and kind of like hits him a little bit. Sorry. Ah, it's fine. It's I, fine. I, um, white person crosswalk again. <laughs> Quick walk to yeah. him. Namira. Hey, um... You okay? Okay. Oh. Well. I... Yes. I'm fine. I give him a 
What's that? I give him a hmm face. Mm, okay. Um, I hope you're not upset that I fell asleep. <laughs> it's really late. No, I... As a, as a matter of fact, I I should apologize. I, I didn't... didn't mean to leave you alone. It's okay. I, um... I had an okay night's sleep. I cracked my neck a little. <sighs> um, did anything from last night upset you? Are you okay? Oh no, no. I mean, yes. I mean, no. I mean, I'm I'm fine. And you can see now that the coin purse that's open is like super fancy, and the coins that he's tossing in are plats. Are plats. Uh, Eldon. <laughs> I don't say that character. Um, uh-huh. Do you want to talk about it? You seem a little down, and you're throwing platinum into the water, so... It's my family's money. Uh-huh. I just thought that after our conversation last night... I don't know, I feel like I, I don't deserve it. What? That was your takeaway? <laughs> well, I don't, do I, if I'm not going to live up to my family's expectations. <sighs> That's not at all where I thought we left off. I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, I, not because of you. You made me feel a lot better about it. Accepting who I am and... Yeah. Yeah. So... Why... Why... <sighs> Do you want it? No! There's... I'm sure other people here who... Could use it. But it's also just weird to... I don't... I don't know. You should just... <clears throat> It's okay, it's just money. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Are you... giving up on your family? Before mm. they give up on you? What's no, happening? no, I just... My family expects me to be something that I don't want to be. So I... I don't want their money. Well, you haven't talked with them yet about that at all, right? No. I'm not saying you have to tell them anything now or really ever. Because, you know, it it's not your job to inform them of your personal life like that. He uh, kind of smirks and he looks in the fountain and he says, did you know that this is supposedly one of those like wishing fountains? And the likelihood of your wish being granted increases with 
the amount of money you toss in when you make the wish. Ah, oh, shoot, I didn't even make a wish. So he picks up the coin purse and he like puts it over the water and it like turns it over and it dumps out easily 40 or 50 more platinum pieces. And he says, I'm not sure how this whole wishing thing works or even if it does at all. It could be superstition. But I wished for the courage to tell my family about who I am. He ties the coin purse back onto his like belt and stands up. He says, you made me feel really good about everything last night. I'm glad we snuck out. I look both ways. And he kind of like looks up and he goes, well, we should probably be going to class. Oh, shoot. Um, yes. We should. Um, can I say something cheesy, Elden? Sure. I think you're gonna find that courage in you instead of in a wishing fountain. He reaches up towards you and like puts his hand like right near your face. Mm-hmm. And he like gets a coin, and he's got a, a, a platinum piece, and he like gestures with his other hand. Mm -hmm. And you put your hand in his, and he puts the coin, and he like closes, closes your thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. for good luck. Thank you. Don't spend it all in one place. I don't even know where to buy things around here. <laughs> well, if you ever make it into the city. Oh, yeah. You probably won't be able to buy much on campus. I think I'm going through a little growth spurt right now, so I might need some new clothes. He just sort of nods and walks away. I nod to myself. Is Aerith looking over? Yeah, so he walks over to, like in the direction of like a door and Aerith is like very deliberately like looking away like yeah. into a corner yeah like just being super obvious and he stops and he looks at her and he says uh you look lovely today Aerith and he just she, <laughs> she just looks at him and is like thanks and then he walks away I he walked away mm-hmm Aerith, like, sees that he's gone now and kind of, like, walks over towards you. Can you help me get all this platinum out? <laughs> <laughs> she says, oh, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Why not? That fountain is cursed. Oh, seriously? I mean, it's just rumors that I hear. It's just that... that she points up at the imp. Yeah. It's one of those wishing fountains. It's supposed to toss coins in and make wishes. It's said that anyone who were to try and fish out the coins out would be cursed with 
I don't know with what. The stories just say cursed. I don't know what kind of cursed A lot of the stories just say cursed, and you don't really know what that means. Yeah. She, like, looks over. She says, By gods, that's a lot of platinum. I thought maybe I could get Chiwi some... If anybody in our group wants new clothes or anything. She says, There's a lot of things you could get me to do as Lickstrin. And then she stops, and she realizes what she said. And she, like, blushes a little bit, course corrects. But prying coins out of a fountain like that, given the state of magical circumstances, I, I wouldn't risk the curse. Can I Arcana check it? Sure. 17. Well, <clears throat> well, nobody's really talked to you directly about it, but what you can tell is that the fountain itself does not, you don't feel any sort of magical pull, right? You oftentimes, for, with, at least with powerful magic items, you can feel the aura of the item. It's like emanating magic. You don't get the sense that this item is emanating any magic, but... Your check is high enough that you know that there there are spells that conceal the magical nature of items. Uh, and it's possible that the mag the fountain was once magical and is no is not magical anymore. I'm but. gonna believe in superstition about Elton and I'll just Count up mentally how many coins are in there. So in total, the fountain has lots of coins, like hundreds and hundreds of coins. Can I estimate from the dumped yes. coin purse? Well, you can tell pretty easily that the platinum stands out from all the other coins. I'm just saying that like most of the coins in the fountain are copper. Yeah. And some silver. Yeah. But the size and shape of the platinum is pretty distinct. Here and there, a gold piece. But... There's easily a hundred platinum pieces in the fountain right now. Jesus Christ. <sighs> okay. I leave. Okay. Aerith is like, just go to Bradley's class. Oh, shoot. Yes. Let's go. Oh, I'll take those back. Thank you. The flowers. Oh. <laughs> she hands them to you and a couple of students. As <laughs> 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 a passing like... Ooh, Nymira and Aerith, ooh. I brush a little this time. Aerith is like, and she looks at you and sees you blushing and is like, quiet, just no sound. Well, we should be off then and just like, beelines. <laughs> um, and she heads back to the dorm to... Oh, I'm sorry. She has all her things with her. She's like, do you need to go back to the dorm? Because I have all of my things. I'm ready to go straight to class. Is this a class I'm not in? Yes. But remember, you asked her to yeah. talk to Bradley. So am I going... About this very specific thing. Uh-huh. So... so whether you want to go or not is up to you. Aerith is very clearly like, come on. Like, are you going or what? Oh. You wanted me to talk to Bradley, didn't you? 
Yes. Um, you don't want to be present for it? No, I do. Well. I'm going to get my things. And probably change. You look a little... Drabby. I was going to say lovely, but... Um, okay, I'll get changed. Um, I hand her the apple I was going to give the professor. Be like, maybe this will help a little bit. And do you want to go with? I go back. Do you want? Do you want me to walk with you, or do you want to just meet there? You you get to class on time. I'll huff. Oh. I've been getting my cardio in lately, so I told you I've been sneaking out late at night. No, well, last night yes, but I've been getting your cardio in. Yes, with Eldon. No. What? <laughs> She's now, you kind of get the sense she's that playing she's with playing me. with you. And so she like turns on her heel, like heel turn. Ball on the, on the, on her actual heel, she pivots. <laughs> and she just, and as she gets 30 or 40 feet away from you down the hall, you all of a sudden you hear her like whistling. Like nothing, not like a specific tune or anything, just like a. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yes. Um, I can't do it. But. Me neither. That's why I did do 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 do. I huff it. Yeah. I go back. I change. I zhuzh my hair. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> je ne sais quoi. when you get to the dorm, you see that Sid and Brayton are gone. And you see that Alan A is gone, but you didn't run into any in the in the hallways. Yeah. And obviously, Aerith is already heading to class. When you arrive, though, you see uh, Lena like sprawled out, like face down, head to the side, like <laughs> like hard snoring hard, like lumberjacks on wood hard. Uh, I cast light on her pillow. <laughs> she's like snoring hard and all, just beams right in her face, and she's like, "Ah, hey, 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 why, 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 what are you, what are you?" She's like looking around, like sees you standing there, like, "I'm on to you, Nymera." We, we have a class to get to. You have a class to get to. Yeah, well, maybe I wanna, maybe I wanna miss it. Maybe I wanna, maybe I wanna sleep in. You know? You're gonna miss class. We're only in year one. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I got a reputation to uphold, you know. I'm, what do you mean? I'm one of the cool kids. I don't go to every class, you know. Cool kids can go to class, no, too. No, cool kids can't go to class. Nerds go to class. I give her a stern look. Look, look at you. you you're nerd? a freaking nerd. And she goes... I mean, Chiwi's still under the bed. What is with you guys? And then you see Percy. It's like skitters up and is like, looks like he's holding his own end of the conversation. And Lena turns to him and is like, yeah, I get it from her. I don't got to get it from you too. And he's like, like not even really talking, just chittering. And she's like, yeah. I know, 
The both he is. The both he is. And she's like getting up and like starting to change. Mm -hmm. And you hear like a... Coming from underneath your bed. I kneel down. I get on all fours to look at Chewie. Chewie's like huddled and not uh, looks asleep, but you can hear the like struggle sleeping. Yeah, kind of. Sh are they okay? Yeah, Chewie's fine. You know, they're fine. They're fine. Have they been doing that? I mean, I would have had to have been awake to tell you. Yeah. <sighs> Unbelievable. Like, you already got me going to class, all right? Like, I'm a friggin' nerd. I put my hands up? Yeah, you too, Percy, you friggin' nerd. Lena is actually, canonically, the person to coin the phrase C's get degrees. That's true now that you've said that. Not now, but... Probably at some point yeah, in her life. For sure. Um, I've seen Chewie in this class before, yeah? Mm-hmm. I'll try to gently nudge. Hey. Chewie. Are you okay? No! I can't pick my nose anymore. <laughs> oh, and I just got the nails trimmed. Oh. She said it was gross. Oh. It's a little gross. Oh. You think I'm gross? No. Look, it's just, there's a couple of things. Can you get up? from under to talk sorry but I'm so oh. comfy <sighs> Chewie just puts their arms out like this for help out does the grabbies like for help out yeah <laughs> I help I don't when like you... this matronly role <laughs> I feel like fucking um oh what's your name the oldest girl in Peter Pan Wendy? Wendy. She's just the fucking mom of the kids because she's the girl of the she, kids. When you grab, like, when you reach out and Chibi grabs onto you, she was like, I just feel like you're the, the, the sibling I never had. When did they get this accent? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, um, just, like, asks you to, to help them. When they get out, they, like, stand up on their own and she was like, Look, hey, there's some things you can do around other people, and there's some things um, that other people don't like, or it's not really appropriate to do, that you can do in private, like in the bathroom or whatever. So I can pick my nose when no one's looking? You want to know a secret? Yeah. Everyone does. Even the people that got like the metal things on their nose. Especially them. 
have my seven beers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Chiwi gets ready to go. Lena is ready to go. And they accompany you to Bradley's class. Da -da -da. I go. I bring out my... Did everyone get a, a tome of Google? Mm -mm. Mm. I bring it, but I... Mm. Everyone, about it. Everyone else got a book that is like textbook for the class. Yeah. And it has only... I mean, it has similar to like what you can find in yours, but it's obviously very static. It's one yeah. Book. So you are headed to the class. Yes. Yes. Uh, so you arrive at class and you are three minutes late. <gasps> And everyone knows that if you're supposed to be at class at 9 and you arrive at 9.03, big doo-doo, big no-no, big bad, super bad, like, get kicked out of the conservatory for that kind of thing, right? Anyway, you arrive a couple minutes late. Oh, were you kidding? Yes, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah. That only happens in real life. Yeah. You arrive a couple of minutes late, but Professor Bradley doesn't seem to notice. You guys kind of slip in, and Bradley is still, like, gathering everything on her desk. Like, organizing papers and things like that, and hasn't officially started class yet. And you seem pretty confident when you slip in, you, you know, you find your seats. She doesn't say anything. And then uh, she stands up from her desk and moves in front of it. Like, sort of to begin the lecture. I wasn't trying to sneak into the class. No, I just meant, like, slipping in without making a lot of noise, I guess is what but I But I'm meant. not supposed to be in this class. Right. So are you... I'm probably not sitting down like I belong here until Aerith... Gotcha. ...talks to her. All right. So when Bradley, Bradley gets up and walks around her desk, she sees you standing there. Yeah. Because you're not sitting down. Yeah, right? kind of at the door. And she kind of sits on her desk, kind of leans back on it, you know, grips the desk, like leans back. And is like, is there something that we can help you with, Miss Slickstrin? Um, I look over to Aerith. Aerith goes, yes, Nymira. Oh, uh, well, I guess she would say Slickstrin. She says, yes, Slickstrin, is there something we can help you with? I give her a look. Like, come on. Not really like a come on yeah, kind of yeah. look, but like a, what the heck? And she smiles, and she kind of like... I roll. Basks, right? She's just in like... In this moment. Mmm, mmm, marinades. Just marinades in it. Finger looking good. And she turns, and she says, Oh, Professor Bradley. Uh... I, there was one thing I wanted to speak to you about before we begin class. And you see how Bradley's like, well, this should be good. Mm -hmm. uh, she says, uh, what is it, Miss Windblossom? And Aerith is like, well, I wanted to say that Nymira had something she wanted to discuss with you. I kind of go... Ah. 
Um, I cautioned her against bringing it up to you. I said it wouldn't be a good idea. But uh, at the end of the day, I I've grown quite fond of Miss Lickstrin. We might even consider ourselves to be uh, acquaintances, close acquaintances, loose. Acquaintances, maybe, is more accurate. <laughs> what? I was wondering if I could join the class. Uh, Eris says, Is what she originally told me, Professor, and I told her that it was a terrible idea to try and, you know, talk her way into the class, because once the professor makes a decision... <laughs> You know, final. So I, I said, Nymira. Well, I said, Mrs. Lickstrand. But I said, Nymira, it's a terrible idea. The professor would never let you into the class. And then it occurred to me, and she kind of like stands up from her spot and like walks down towards where Professor Bradley is. How long have we known each other, Professor? <laughs> She's like, Almost lawyering. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and the professor is like, since the beginning of the semester, you know. Or beginning of the year, she would say. Yes, and in that time, I think I've proven time and time again that I am probably one of, if not the most gifted student that you have currently. And... <laughs> Bradley's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm smiling. And Aerith is like, I'll take that as a yes. So I was thinking that it's almost a little unfair to the other students, especially given that you grade on a curve. And she's like, I don't grade on a curve. <laughs> and Aerith is like, so given all of that information and given the... Uh, lack of social decorum that Mrs. Zickstrin, you know, displays. I thought, what better of a way for you to showcase your talent as a teacher than to take someone who is arguably the, you know, worst case scenario, if you know what I mean, and really demonstrate that you're capable of teaching even the most... You know, unfortunate of uh, cases here. I'm kind of biting my cheek and nodding. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just, I just figured, I don't know, not, not to appeal to your sense of, you know, pride or anything, but I just, I felt like, have mercy on her. I mean, look at her. Where else is she going to learn how to carry herself in magical society? I nod. Sadly. <clears throat> and the professor says, Miss Windblossom, flattery will get you nowhere. And there it is like, oh, yes, I, I know that. I just, it just, you know. Uh, factual, factual yes, statement. just wanted to, I just, I, just feel, I feel sorry for her, if I'm being honest. And the professor goes, you know, Miss Windblossom, if you wanted to spend more time with Miss Zickstrin, 
you could just ask. You don't have to try and bully me to allow her into my class. I'm gonna Can I interrupt? They both look at you, and everyone else, because the other students are there too, but like, you see Chiwi like, oh, like finger close to, the, mm, nope, mm, mm, can't do it, nope, no more, none. And then, like, strong, S- strong resilience. Sid and Brayton are kind of like, kind of chatting a little bit, but then, like, Lena's there, and Lena's, Lena and Brayton are kind of chatting, and like, Brayton's like, like, they're clearly telling jokes, and they're kind of, you know, the three of them are kind of laughing. Um, and Alan A is like sitting up straight, like watching, like just whiplash back and forth between you and the professor and you and the professor and you and the professor. Um, and so, uh, Aerith and the professor are staring at you and now Alan A is also staring at you. I asked Aerith to speak for me. Um, I guess I felt left out and um I'm I shouldn't have asked her to speak for me I should have just spoken to you um so it's fine I'm sorry um I'll get out of here while you've been talking saying just what you said Aerith has been like Professor, no, I, I, what, no, that is, that is stalwartly false. Gosh, uh. It's very funny to think of Aerith treating my soft little tone as a total interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> the professor says, Miss Windblossom, have a seat. Sit your ass down. And she's like, what, what, professor? And she went, she's like, sit down. Down, Miss Windblossom. Everyone pays attention now. There's no no chitter chat, you know, chit chat. Eris sits back down, and the professor kind of leans forward and says, "The purpose of learning about magic in society is to know your place in it." within it, to know how to operate in a manner that is both befitting of your status and also respectful of others' status. And given the state of things and the time and energy and effort that you have put into your studies, all of them, she's looking directly at you, If you can articulate to me, in front of your friends, why you deserve to have a seat here in my class for the remainder of the semester, I could be convinced to allow you to stay. So, Miss Zlickstrin, what do you have to say on your behalf? I've been raised in a very single perspective life so far and these friends I've made here have started to show me all 
the different walks of life that there are and it's making me think more about my place in everything in the grand scheme and I want to go about it as respectfully as I can and besides just the knowledge of this class I would love to be a part of the discussion so that I can ask questions and see what my friends think and be present. I look over at the portrait that I uh, looked through before. Or, I guess I don't know what the portrait looks like. There's but... only one portrait. Okay, great. Yeah, there's only one portrait. And it is, it's a portrait of Professor Bradley. Yeah. But it's, it's not like gaudy and like the headmaster and headmistress like portraits in the hallway and stuff. They're very like, oh, like Napoleon. <laughs> like hers is like just a nice portrait of her smiling that, I mean, you don't know the history of it, but it, it looks like it was a gift maybe. Um, and her wife and their eight children. Uh, she does have a wife. Hell yeah. Who is in the portrait, but they do not have any children. Okay. You guessed correctly. Yeah. Um, she also looks up at the portrait. She looks up at the portrait? Yes. She looks up at the portrait. She looks down at you and, the, and your group. And she says, uh, a very uh, eloquent speech you've given. I didn't if, have to roll for it or anything. <laughs> if... <laughs> If I didn't know any better, I'd say you were taking secret lessons <laughs> in eloquence and society. <laughs> Take your things, find a seat. I'll speak to the headmistress and we'll see if I can't get you officially added to the class. I try to minimize my excitement as I'm like, yes! And then I sit down. Aerith is kind of like blushing, like... She's trying to hide the fact that she's happy with the fact that she's, like, upset. Like, yeah, my rival is here now. <laughs> I had an edge, and now I don't. Um, um, and, of course, the, the class continues as normal now that you're, you know, officially a part of it. Um, and the, this particular class is only about three hours long, and then you have a break... Uh, of two hours for lunch and then you have your conjuration class after that so uh, when the class comes to an end she says uh, uh, she dismisses you guys and as you're gathering your things Professor Bradley says uh, Miss Zlikstrin we will need to discuss your uh, enrollment she 
can't think of a better word, to, would discuss your enrollment in my class. Uh, I'll speak to the headmistress, and if you uh, would meet me in my office, uh, we'll say within the hour, I'll, I'll speak to Zarda now, and uh, we'll, we'll meet there, and we'll discuss it further. Okay. Um, and uh, she yeah, dismisses everyone, and everyone runs off to go eat, you know. Uh, what do you do with the hour that you have before you have to meet her at her office? Ah, <sighs> what do I do? Um, I'm gonna ask my friends as they go to get food. Um, ask my friends to catch me up on this class that I'm taking now. Um, on what's it all about? And, um, what they're... I'll probably ask each of them what their interpretation is, just because I want to hear what they have to say. Well, as you guys head to the commissaries and everyone's eating, the group wants to eat, and as you're sitting there eating and talking, they they chat with you about the class, which to you, to Nymira, obviously, uh, is listening to a bunch of stuff you've already learned. Because you've been... been, Yeah. You've already been kind of taking the class in secret. Um, so a lot of it is like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so, and, but they give, they give, uh, not terribly different perspectives, but, you know, Aerith obviously being of a sort of slightly higher status than everyone else and Lena giving you kind of the, the like commoner, you know, view and, uh, the only one that is of, of any real note during that time is when Chiwi talks mm-hmm. about their experience uh, and that, uh, well, <clears throat> the people in my tribe, they said that people who can do magic are called finger wigglers. Because you do the finger wiggler things, but you cast the magic, you go blah, 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 blah. And Chiwi gives this perspective of her, of their tribe, and, uh, how different that tribe views magic. And one of the things that she tells you is that, one of the things they tell you, is that their tribe is the Bloodhand tribe. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if we covered we it did. a little bit before. Yeah. Um, and so Chiwi's talking a little bit about what the Bloodhand tribe is like. Yeah. Um, and they do not paint a very nice picture of yeah. the blood hand. Mm-hmm. Very brutal, very, you know, violent, very, very uh, antagonistic, especially towards the younglings growing up. They're trying to instill in them this sense of brutality so that they grow up like, you know, you know rough and uh, So that's kind of the, you know, what Chiwi goes into, this like, you know, we're picked on, we're, you know, we are, we are trained very hard, and Chiwi very heavily implies that the training is overly brutal for how young they are. Yeah. Um, not to go into too much more detail there, but you sort of get that sense that... And Chiwi's that, scarred up. Yes. On their yeah. body. Yeah. Yeah. Very, lots, of, lots of scars that look like they've been healed for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but but just, it's still sad. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and so the, but the perspective, at least of magic is that it's looked down upon. It's like one of the most unique perspectives of everyone 
at school so far because that's the society where magic is like if you're cursed with magic right like to the blood hand tribe a magic is a curse and it might be great and terrible power obviously you've seen chiwi's great and terrible power mm -hmm. but it's still like superstition it's a bad omen it's a mm -hmm. curse so and so chiwi gives you that sort of perspective on it and how glad they are, sorry to interrupt you, how glad Chiwi is to be learning that magic is not look, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Chiwi's met all these people who respect them for their power and, like, treat them equally and are like, yeah, that was fucking cool. And, yeah, fucking, yeah. and especially Lena being like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking with a friggin' fireball in the, you know, uh, and uh, Lena has Percy. Yeah. with her and she's like hey you and you shot the fireball and it was freaking cool and it went and percy goes and like collapses onto the ground like fane's like you know dying mm -hmm. you know getting blown up uh and uh it's just just a cool little fun thing i was gonna say when i ask lena about what she thinks of the class i imagine her being like it's magic and society. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> what else? What else you friggin' want to know? You know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I picture. Um. But anywho, yeah. And then I return after I talk to them. When you get to her office, which is different than her classroom. But her, I've been her, in her you've, office. You go to her before. office like all the time. Yeah. To 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 watch the class. When you get to her office, the door is cracked open. Mm -hmm. And it's about six to eight inches you can see into the room. And I she's. Knock. You knock, but there's no answer. And you can see what you can see of the room. She's not there. But you notice that the portrait where you were looking through the eyes, yeah. the eye holes are like open as if someone was like there observing. Because you, you would know that when you're done, there's like a, you know, you slip, slides closed or whatever, it like folds back in. Um, but they're open, as if someone has been observing through the portrait. Curious. Um, I go... Hello? Nothing? No answer. I walk in. God, someone needs some WD-40. Matt Mercer who? <laughs> <laughs> the real Matt Mercer effect. <laughs> The room's empty. Nobody? Mm-mm. Hmm. I look under chairs and desks. Nothing. Nobody. I wait patiently and look through the eye holes into okay. the classroom, see if there's anything in there. You step up and look through the eye holes, and you can see Professor Bradley like standing in front of her desk uh, like the front side of her desk facing it with her back to the door back to the classroom and she's like putting papers away and folders and getting all of her things and putting into like her leather like briefcase and the door opens and Zara walks in in that classroom? yeah mm -hmm. and as she she's not just walking in she's storming in with intent yes like the door like was opened magically and she storms in and she says sheila are you insane what have you done 
and she like brings up her right hand and it like summons this large spectral fiendish looking clawed hand and she like grabs Sheila with it and like slams her against the back wall like attacks her with it and you know Bradley's like like pinned against the wall now her arms are like down and you can see her trying to like manipulate her fingers to like cast spells and she's like you are going to ruin everything if he finds out that she's in this class. And Sheila says, he won't. Everything's fine. Everything's under control. And Zarda says, it'll be even worse if she finds out that her daughter is in this class. Are you still going to watch? Yeah. So you see Sheila's like, manip- like trying to manipulate her fingers. And Zarda sees that and like walks up to her and in one, like with her actual left hand, grabs Sheila's right hand, like, and like, like just grabs her fingers and squeezes and you can hear like cracking and you can see Sheila like struggling and obviously in pain because her fingers and her right hand are being like crunched together, like supernatural levels of strength from Zarda. And Sheila's like... It's fine. Everything will be fine. She needs to know. And Zara's like, that is the last thing that she needs to know. How dare you go over my head? What do you think that Virla will think of this? Sheila's like, I don't, I, I wasn't thinking. It's, it's, it's fine though. It's fine. Everything is fine. She's only learning what I'm showing her. She has the tome. She's learning what she needs to know and nothing more. And Zarda says, if this unfolds and a hair on her head is harmed, I don't have to tell you what Virilella is going to do to both of us. This is not what we agreed to. And there's a moment where Zarda looks over casually at the painting and looks back at Sheila and Zarda says, points at the portrait and says, is that still magical observation? There are arcane eyes in that portrait still? Are you that stupid? And Sheila's like, it's fine. My office is locked. My hand, Zarda, my hand. And like Zarda like lets go and uh, the giant spectral hand kind of dissipates and Sheila like drops to her feet and you can see her like gra- like in pain her fingers like yeah like it's very clear that they're broken and Sheila's kind of like hunched over and like gets to her desk and starts like pulling stuff out and finds like a potion and uncorks it and pours a little bit over her hand and then drinks the rest of it and you can hear like cracking as the fingers like fix themselves, fix themselves. and Zarda like starts to very slowly walk over to the portrait what do you do? We haven't done this yet, but we've done it once or twice before. A bravery roll for Nim. D20. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not feeling very brave right now. Kind of sounds like you're giving yourself disadvantage. Eleven on the die. I, um, I run away. Zarda, I, 
I'd say it gets another like 10 or 15 feet towards the portrait. Still another 15 feet or so to the actual portrait. And you see her kind of coming your way and you... I get off the desk. I quickly and quietly try to leave the office room. What do you do about the door? You leave it open? No, I'm going to close it. I'm going to scribble. Can we say there's like a notepad on the desk? I'm going to scribble sorry on it. And then probably in a messy kind of emotional state, close the door. Loudly or softly? Lock it. Try to lock it. Um, Quietly. Make a sleight of hand check. Nine. You uh, engage the lock and pull it close and try to pull it softly but also quickly to make a quick escape. Make a stealth check for me to see how quietly you uh, maneuver through the halls. Fifteen. And where are you going? To my dorm. Gotcha. You manage to make it to your dorm without interacting with anybody else. Is anybody in here? No, everyone is still in the uh, commissary. I cry. (laughs) I want to write a letter to my parents. Um, Dear Mom and Dad. um, First year of school went great. First year is going great. Um... I'm taking all the classes I'm supposed to take. And then so. <laughs> um, I go on to talk about my year so far and the stuff I'm learning. Just general update. Um, and then I want to say um, I could really made a lot of good friends. I go and I I know I've told them before that I made friends, but this time I know them better. I give a little more detail about each of them. Um, And I say, um, from what it sounds like, there's already been a sizable donation to the conservatory, but if by any chance, um, we, as the Zlikstern family, were able to donate to some of the students who could use better um, materials or clothes. Um, I have some friends here who could really use it, so I say that. I was gonna ask them to match the fountain amount because I wanted to take that to give to Chiwi and others, but I won't ask for a number. Um, I'll just uh, try to phrase it best to ask for a donation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell them that I'm doing well in my classes um, and all that. And, uh, I tell them I met, um, Eldon Magnus, um, and how we've become friends. 
Do I know if there's any beef? You wouldn't know. Okay. I say Elden is great. Um, and um, I ask how things are back home. Okay. And I cast Illusory Script on my message. And who are you designating as the recipients? It can be multiple, correct? I believe so. Mm, ma, pa, and the... that's it. Not the brother. Okay. So, Zorus and Virilel. Zorus and Virilel Zlikstrin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else you want to do while you're in your room? A little casual redecorating. Mess with the feng shui. <laughs> um, no. Okay. It's fine. Well, it takes you a good portion of the remainder of your hour to, you know, write a good letter. Very good handwriting. Uh, and uh, it's coming up on the time where you are supposed to report for the conjuring class. Um, I think if uh, I was a kid when Nim was younger, when Nymira was younger, um, if her mom, Virilel, was like off for business or whatever, that, um, oh, my nose is itchy. When Virilel was off for business, me, like, eight years old, would write letters to her telling her that I miss her and stuff and stuff. And she would just send back, um, red inked, uh, errors in my letter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and misspellings, and, uh, that would be it. <laughs> That's what I, I picture from Nim's childhood that has made her penmanship and spelling excellent. Gotcha. Good to know. Mm. Well, you are expected at your conjuring class. Yeah. Same day? Mm-hmm. Okay. I go. Woo. On your way there, you find your friends in the hall. You reunite. You see that all the groups are making their way into the large courtyard. Like they... It's actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's less of a courtyard and like more like... The exterior yard, I guess, is another word for it. Okay. Um, all the groups are making their way out there. Which is in the opposite direction of where the classroom for the conjuration class usually is. Uh-oh. And, like, in passing, like, like, Brayton is like, why is everyone headed out that way? And some of the students are like, oh, there's a sign posted that the conjuring class is in the courtyard today. So you guys redirect and head outside and when you guys head out there you see uh, Zarda is out there with several other professors um, Professor Karaya the tactical application professor is uh-huh. there um, Provenzano who's the Lamia yeah. uh, is out there um, Sheila is out there and she has her hands like like behind her back yeah you know um <clears throat> And the, you can kind of tell she's kind of like, she looks like she was in a fight recently 
and has done a passable job at putting makeup on to kind of cover it. And standing along with Zarda are two full plate armor, uh, two uh, hu humanoids. One is a half-orc, uh, presents female, and the other is a human who presents male. They are in full plate armor. They are wearing uh, matching tabards, which uh, appear to be like a, uh, the symbol is like almost like a, a sunburst. Uh-huh on a shield so like this the tabard has like shield sunburst um and uh there's them two and then there's a dozen what look like training like fighters in training who are all wearing the colors of the shield with the golden sunburst um but in various types of armor and everyone's kind of grouping together. And uh, when you guys get all out there, Diz kind of comes up from behind the group next to where you guys are. Uh -huh. And kind of like just sort of appears next to you. And like doesn't look down at you, but just goes, final test of year one. <laughs> you think you're ready? <laughs> Maybe. Um... Will you wish me luck? Luck. Thank you so much. Mm. And then the crowd starts kind of quieting, and Zarda's like getting everyone's attention. Yeah. And uh, Zarda says, uh, you know, uh, welcomes you to the class and says, uh, you, you know, you're, you're probably all wondering why we've gathered out here in the courtyard for this uh, class. And truthfully, it's because you are going to be uh, given your final exam for year one, and you will have the remainder of the, of the week to complete the task, which is that you need to acquire the material components you need to summon the specific familiars that you, that you want. Uh, and she says, we've gone over what the materials are, the lunar root for the fey familiars, <clears throat> the Empyrenes, uh flowers for the celestial familiars, and the, uh, the uh, sanguinous veriformans, which is the blood root that's needed for fiendish familiars. Uh, all three are located in a place that is difficult to get to. The Empyrenes are only found in the Garden of the Seven Sages at the Cathedral. Uh, the Lunar Root is typically found in Druid Groves and in the deep, dark parts of the forest. Uh, and, of course, the uh, Sanguinus, the Blood Root, said to only grow in Hellas. And you can kind of see like people like start murmuring and this and that. And she says, uh, uh, whatever it is that you choose, make sure that you are uh, prepared for the, for the undertaking. It will be quite the task for you to uncover the location of these uh, ingredients, uh, material components. Uh, which is why you are all being given passes to leave campus to acquire these ingredients 
And you are being assigned an escort from the Fighters Guild. Each one of you will receive a uh, Fighters Guild initiate as a uh, companion. Uh, think of them as like a protector for your time outside of the conservatory. Uh, and she starts, she like turns over the, the attention to the two uh, fighters yeah. who are start shouting assignments at the initiates. And uh, they go through, you know, uh, they give a name, like group one, you know, group two. And they get to, there's two fighters left. Um, there's two fighters left. Okay. One of them is a nearly six foot tall, kind of like burly, uh, man Mm -hmm. wearing what looks like, um, like splint mail. Yeah. And he's very, very cocky. Like he's like, uh, he's got his eyebrow raised. He's like, (laughs) Uh, and then there's a like five foot four woman mm-hmm. in uh, like a chain shirt, kind of basic leathers. Um, she has longer blonde hair, and she has part of her hair like braided around, almost like a circlet, like a braid around her her head, like a you circlet. Say they're both human. They both look human. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> the fighters, like the two full plate wearing, full plate wearing fighters, like walk over to the two initiates, and uh, they're like, uh, you know, fighter assignment for group eleven, and uh, Alan is like, that's us. I mean, that's us. Trying not like she's realized she drew too much attention, uh-huh. and now is like. Hmm. And uh, they they say, uh, Gaston, do you uh, would you like to do the honors of taking Group Eleven? And he's like, with pleasure. And he like walks kind of towards your group, and he sees you guys, and he like stops, turns around. On second thought, uh, maybe you should let uh, Keitha take this one. Seems a little bit more her speed. And he, like, walks by her. That was a microaggression. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And uh, he, like, walks by her. And even at a distance, like, you can see, like, walks up to her. And he's like, good luck. Like, very smarmy. Like, uh, and so they're like, Keitha, group 11. And you see her, like. What's her name? Keitha. Yeah. Uh, you see her, like walking over towards your group and she gets to where like your group is and she like looks at all of you and she looks at you and Aerith because you guys sort of look like the group leaders. Sure. She looks at both of you completely deadpan and just says I'll be protecting you. Thank you. Don't thank me yet. I haven't done anything. Very deadpan like does not want to be here yeah. attitude. And uh, she says, uh, uh, Zarda takes back over and says, now that you have your assignments for protective duties, uh, let's uh, let the uh, 
exam begin. And when she says that, like, Diz, uh, st- like, stomps on the ground, and there's, like, a crack of, like, thunder, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of the groups just start scattering. Mm. Not, like, speeding, like, a race or anything, but just, like, oh, now we're going to roll oh, all these different directions. Yeah. Um, and so, like, Aerith is like, come, yes, come closer, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and so, like, the group all kind of, like, forms up around you and Aerith, and Diz, like, gives you kind of a, a like, a nod, and then walks away. And then Keitha's just sort of, like, standing there, and, like, she draws her sword, and she's, like... Brandishing. Takes a knee, and then Sharp is, like, sharpening her blade. Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, five or ten feet away from where your group is. And then the rest of you, Aerith looks at you guys and is like, All right, so... Has everyone thought about what you know, material components they want to use for the summoning. I'd say probably the mo- the easiest ones to get away with would be the Lunar Root and the Empyrenese. Probably the easiest one to get would be the Empyrenese. I mean, we don't have to leave the city. And the Lunar Root might be a little bit more difficult. We'd have to find a Druid Grove. I hear there's one kind of north in the mountains. But I hope none of us are thinking about uh, using the Blood Root. Well, I, I mean, come on. You hear, uh, me, blood root, blood hand, blood root. See, I point at Chewie, at Chewie. Um, that's two, that's a third, a little less than a third of the crew. Uh, Alan A jumps in and says, well, like, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm going to get the Lunar Root, because, you know, Faye lost. Um, and I heard Sid and Brayden talking, and I think they're both going to do Lunar Root too, right, guys? And they both, like, look at each other, and they're like, I... Brayden says, I hadn't really thought about it, but I suppose, yeah, it makes a certain sort of sense to do the Lunar Root. What, what about you, Sid? Sid's like, well, I, I was hoping for something a little more... Um, Elemental, but it doesn't really seem to be an option. I guess the closest thing would be the lunar root, the fey, you know, foresty elemental. So I guess that. What do you want to do, Aerith? Oh, well, I think it's obvious. I mean, the Pyrenees are the easiest to get. I mean. Okay. And then everyone kind of looks at Lena, and Lena's like, toothpick, like, you know, like. Mm-hmm. What are you looking at me for, huh? Well, what do you want to do, Lena? Oh, uh... uh I don't know. Uh, Lunar Root, I guess. I don't know, Pyrenees. Uh, I, I got maybe the Blood Root. I, I, I don't know. I, I've made up my mind. Well, um, it seems like we... Do you guys want to go to all three? Aerith is like, well, I, I suppose we will have to if I'm getting the Empyrenes and you're getting the blood root. Of course you are, Zlickstrin. Uh, and and then the, and at least Alan A and Sid and Brayden are getting I mean, it. Would, seems we'll have to visit all three. Uh, we could split up and make it easier. Like if Chiwi and Amira wish to get their hands dirty, get in their blood root, 
and uh, then Sid, Brayton, and Alanae could find the lunar root, and then I and Lena, we could get Empyrenes. <laughs> and Keith is like, ah, of course, make it as difficult as possible for me. Um, we could stay together, maybe. I don't, I don't mind tagging along for the other ones if nobody minds. Keitha, like, pushes her way into the group and is like, I agree with the, uh, the devil over here. And everyone is sort of in agreement except for Aerith, but Aerith is kind of outvoted. And that way, Lena, you can kind of decide what catches your fancy. Aerith says, all right, if we're going to all three, but which one are we going to start with? Um, which one's closest? Empyrenes? Well, I suppose because we don't know how to get the blood root. I mean, they don't really expect us to go to Hellas, do they? I haven't figured out yet. <laughs> uh, the closest one is probably the Garden of the Seven Sages, the cathedral. Okay. At the center of the city. Let's go. Keitha just, like, sheathes the sword, like, finally. Ugh. Lead you guys out of the courtyard, and uh, as you guys are getting to the front to like leave the conservatory, Diz is present there, who has made his way up there, and Diz is reminding everyone to put the circlets on. Oh, I do so. And Diz is like stresses like the circlets stay on. Understand? I give him a a okay hand signal. Uh, so you are going to the cathedral first. Yeah. And then maybe, who knows, maybe we'll find hell there. <laughs> it is a church. It is a church. Uh, so, you head to the uh, cathedral that is near the center of the city. All right. <clears throat> the cathedral is uh, big. Big. Um, the cathedral is... Of a similar architectural style as the conservatory, um, just in that sort of like that gothic uh, cathedral style. Um, and it, the cathedral itself sits on a on land that is dedicated to the gods, like mm -hmm. the the it's consecrated ground in the middle of Zalesh, towards the middle of Zalesh. Um, and on the grounds, on these grounds, there is a crystalline atrium, sort of like a giant greenhouse. Think like Jurassic Park, they build those big glass domes for the pterodactyls. Yeah. That's like, that's very much what it is. Um, giant, uh, glass dome. And within... We were so close. What? So close to what? In... I don't remember if it was last episode or the one before, but you were trying to describe what it was, and I was like, like a biosphere, and you were like, that's the fucking word. Ah, yes. I thought that's what you were doing. Dang it, nope, but that's good. It's a giant biosphere. Um, and the Garden of the Seven Sages of Grace is within that biosphere. Um, it is so large, in fact, that inside of the garden... There appears to be a sort of artificial atmosphere where if you're in it, you see clouds and sky, even though there is this glass dome. Um, 
you can get into the gardens without entering the cathedral first. Um, there's a sort of like a, I don't know, like another official entrance into the dome itself. Um, and when you enter, you are greeted by a priestess of Ariana, who is the goddess of like love and light and uh, beauty and healing uh, and redemption. Um, she's often depicted as elven and uh, this sort of elven grace is uh, attributed to her. Um, one, another word for it is athalas, which is uh, an, an elvish word from another type of elvish language. But that's what it's referred to as this elven grace, this healing light. Um, and the priestess greets you, welcomes you to the... To the uh, is that a pamphlet of uh, what songs we'll be singing? Yeah. Um, and so you are, you know, gestured into the garden... And she says, uh, you know, there, there aren't, uh, there's, there's several others who have come to pray within the garden. We ask that you be respectful to those that you find in, in the garden itself. Uh, there is also a section of the garden that is a cemetery. Uh, and we ask that you, if you do enter that portion of the garden, to be very respectful of the graves and those who are there to mourn the loss of their loved ones. Do you have any questions while, uh, for your, about your time in the gardens? You don't have, like, um, a pit to hellis. <laughs> she, uh, like, pauses and does that, like, squint and then goes... <laughs> <laughs> children these days no okay um thank you thank you um we'll be on our way as you're moving in Aerith is like you don't happen to know what I can find in Pyrenees, do you and she's like Pyrenees. oh the flower oh there are they are plentiful and towards this center of the garden Aerith is like center of the garden yes got it move in um the garden is so large that you don't see anyone else and traversing through the garden i mean it's 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 square miles large inside this this dome and uh as you're heading towards the center you find that you have to either pass through or go around the uh a cemetery plot and as you arrive at it, you actually see that there is an older gentleman, like, he must be in his 80s or 90s. He is Deckard a... Cain. Yes. And he is struggling to walk. He's got, like, a walking cane, a walking stick. And he's, like, every step is, like, taking him forever. And you can see him kind of, like, looking through the, the headstones. And he's, like, scratching his head. And very visibly has like a quest marker above his head. Uh, it's just, it's just he seems kind of lost, but also he's moving very slow. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll approach him. Is he human? Mm-hmm. Yeah, approach. When you get close enough to him, you realize 
he is more than likely an Azimar. Even though he is older, his features are like perfectly symmetrical. And he does have a sort of glint, like a sparkle in his irises that look like his irises are metallic. Yeah. It's just kind of hard, like goldish, brashish, bronzes. Kind of, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, and uh, he obviously very wrapped up in what he's doing. And he sees you approach and he just sort of turns to you like, oh. Um, Hi. My name's Nymira. Nymira, what a lovely name. Thank you. Um, what's your name? Oh, I'm just an old man. <laughs> Surely you have a name. Yes, yes I do. Barnabas. Mm -hmm. Everyone calls me Barney. Can I help you, Barney? Oh, I've just come here to visit the grave of my late husband. I haven't brought anything to leave for him. I was hoping to leave some flowers. What, what kind of flowers could one leave at the grave of a loved one? There might be some flowers around here I could give you. Um, what is, uh, what is their name? Have you found their grave yet? His name is Evan, uh, Evan Rin. He's not in front of that grave, is he? No. I'm sure I'll find his grave eventually. It's here somewhere, but without a, something, a flower or flowers to, to, to leave at his grave, I feel I won't be honoring his memory. Um, I tell them to, you know, n no problem. I'll, we'll try to find something for you. And I gesture towards my group. Oh, that would be very sweet of you. Look at you, young, younglings. I remember when I was your age. Oh, did you want me to actually tell the story? <laughs> I was just saying, I do remember. It's a su surprising feat for someone my age to remember that far back. Mm. Oh, it's, it's... It has to have been a hundred years since I've been your age. Uh, I will... We'll, we'll find it. We'll go get it. All right. <laughs> uh, so you're leaving him to go to the group and move further into the... Did you want to go around the cemetery or through it? Through, respectfully, um, Alan Yes? I know this isn't really what, I know you're not really here for the Imperionese, right? Right. Um, do you think you could keep, um, this man, Barney, company? Yeah, I, I I guess I could. Talk to him a bit? Does that sound okay? Sure. She just turns and walks right up to him. Thank you. She's like, I heard you had a story from when you were our age. 
And he was like, oh, you actually want me to tell the story. Oh. Great. Um, and you hear him just monologue. start monologuing. And she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, like genuine interest because you know her. But if you didn't know her, it, she would sound like she didn't give a shit. Because she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then what? Like, like almost over the top. Yeah. You know? Uh, and Lena's like, yeah, what kinds of trouble are we going to get in here? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Let's find out. You guys are what going if, through. Lena, what if it's just flowers? It might be. What do you mean, just flowers? What do you mean, trouble? What do you mean, what do you mean, trouble? <laughs> what, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. Me neither. You want a toe-to-toe? Yeah, with what? I'm How? Just I'm just kidding. We're in a grave. Be respectful. As you're as you're talking, she you can feel her foot like tap yours, and she's standing up straight, but now her foot's kind of forward, like touching your toe, like your to- your the tips of your boots are touching, and she's like, "What?" <laughs> Lena, we're not fighting in a graveyard. What you said? Go toe to toe. I went toe to toe with you. Oh, I that's very funny. That's very funny. Oh, you want to fight? You want to no. fight? <laughs> She's like, Percy, she wants to fight. She wants to fight. And Percy, like, she wants to fucking fight. <laughs> Percy walks, like, runs up and gets on her shoulder and is like, <laughs> and like does the like old school fighting, fighting Irish, like, yeah, Fisticuffs. come here, fisticuffs, yeah. yeah. That's so fucking cute. Um,. I'll tell Lena, put that, put, put all that gumption away for right now, okay? Gumption? How friggin' dare you say that? This is Moxie. This is all Moxie. <laughs> okay, well, pack up your Moxie. We gotta go. All right. I'm sorry. What about my chutzpah, huh? <laughs> what about it, huh? You want me to pack that away too, huh? We can keep some chutzpah. All right, all right. I see it. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> You got a you got a certain je ne sais quoi over there. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? She kind of like beats <laughs> <feeds> forward. <laughs> I roll my eyes lovingly and go on. I kind of keep an eye on our other um, boundary issued friend Chiwi as we're walking through the graveyard. Um, yeah. Well, you see that Chiwi's like holding their elbow like kind of feels pretty awkward like just walking around like head down like shoulders up like looks the way someone looks when they're in a place where they think they're gonna break stuff like they're nervous about touching anything nervous about breaking anything like they look like they're nervous because they it looks like they think they're gonna be in trouble yeah so she was just like (laughs) <laughs> trying to like keep to themselves and uh, uh, you manage to get through the cemetery and once you do you get to sort of like a center area like a grove almost and you see that there is a it's a, like a 90 foot by 90 foot like square area where there's like a three foot wall that's made of stone with like brass 
kind of uh, bars. And it's like a light gray stone with this like brass color that sort of surrounds it. And then within that, the walkway comes up. There's two large like pillars that look that they're about five feet tall and almost five feet thick in terms of stone, maybe like four or four feet thick or, thick or so. And the pathway goes between those two pillars. And at the center of this like 90 foot square area, there is a uh, octagonal like dais, like raised platform. Did you just count the sides? I did. <laughs> um, and a staircase that goes up, may, it's maybe three or four feet tall, a staircase that goes up to it. And on the side opposite of the stairs, and on the left and right, there's three pillars total, right? And they're kind of only maybe two or three feet tall with like metal statuettes on them. And the statuettes are of, uh, the one on the right is like a, a snake-like figure with wings. And the one on the left is a sort of horse, Kind of a horse Pegasus, uh, uh, like a Pegasus and a unicorn. It's got like wings and a unicorn horn, um, but its body flows into like uh, what looks like a uh, like a spiritual form. And this the figure, uh, the statue at the across from the stairs, looks like a, a humanoid doing the Superman pose, like arms at his waist. Um, and they're they're made of like incredibly polished brass, highly polished brass. In the in the octagonal dais, there looks to be a like twenty foot radius circle, mm-hmm. uh, twenty foot diameter circle, twenty foot end to end. Um, that looks like it's like a magic circle with runes. Um, within that, there's three. Um, uh, symbols that seem to match the symbols under each of the statues. And at the very center, there's a small boulder and a blade that appears to be driven directly into the stone, like sword in the stone style. Yeah. And um, one thing that you can see within these walls is there are Empyrenes growing all over this area, but only within the walls of this area. Yeah. Um, and you see, like, there are several trees around the area as well. There's a gentleman that walks out from behind one of the trees, and he is wearing a sort of white robe with gold trim, and he has white hair, white beard, and his eyes are like solid gold like no irises just gold like you know when you see like the effect that's like the eyes go white glowing white like that's what's happening except it's gold and it's kind of glistening like a metallic color and he walks out and he like looks in your direction and he says come join this does not look like barney does it Mm-mm. okay <laughs> thought i checked um where is he standing uh, currently he's about 10 feet away from the stairs. He's walked out of behind a tree and walked about 15 feet, like towards the stairs, like, come join. I join. I, I, I approach. Uh, are you, do you, 
do you intend to approach alone or do you encourage your friends to join as well? I go, come on, come on. They're kind of all like, everyone's kind of nervous. Like, Aerith like, sees the Pyrenees and is like, looks like she's about to step out to like grab one. And then like when you're like, come on, come on. She's like, oh. And then they all kind of follow you up to where he's standing near the stairs. And he says, uh, it's been a while since I've had visitors here. Not many venture past the cemetery to find the heart of the garden. Well, we are kind of here on a quest for Imperiones, for the conservatory. Hmm. So you need one of those, and he gestures towards the flowers that are kind of growing all around. Um, I think, how many do we need? I look back at my group. Aerith raises her hand, and Lena's like... One, yes. Only one? You've come all this way, and you only want one flower from the garden? Well, I suppose it would be, uh... wouldn't be proper host etiquette if I were to deny you what you've come all this way for. Tell me, what is it you need the flower for, exactly? Um, Aerith? She's like, um, to summon a familiar? He's like, ah, proper mages, the lot of you. Where did you say you were from again? The, well, we, we're all from different places. Oh, the, we were from the conservatory. Ah, yes, the conjuring school here. Yes. Yes. I've never been myself. I heard the headmaster is quite strict. I... Mm-hmm. Did... I'm so sorry. Did you say your name? Oh, my name? I... When you follow a life such as mine, you tend to remove yourself from the more materialistic aspects of life. A name is very limiting. But I suppose if you wanted to call me anything, you could call me Goldeneye. Okay. Tell me, is Headmaster Deacon still head up the school at the conservatory? No, I don't know. Do I, do I know who that is? Are uh, you making a history check? I did scan the halls for portraits and things. You did? He had a history, you say? Mm-hmm. Eleven. Uh, headmaster Deacon was three headmasters prior Ago. to, yeah. Um, they m might have retired. There's a new head, um, mistress. A mistress? Interesting. Hmm. Tell me, at the conservatory, did they teach you anything about the history of the world? Or does, do the studies keep you focused on just what's... Helpful. Helpful, yes. Um, it's, a, it's a fair mix, I think. He kind of turns and gestures up. Can I do a religion check on this guy? Sure. Sorry, I try not to say directly, like, I no. want to do a this check. No, go ahead. Well. A one. Well, uh, 
the robes he's wearing do look very similar to the robes of the priestess that let you in. Like the coloration, white and gold. They look like they're probably robes of Ariana, but they don't have a, they don't have any holy symbols on them. Um, he doesn't appear to be wearing any holy symbols. And nothing about him other than the fact that he has these like weird like me solid metallic eyes like almost like they were literally his eyeballs were solid metal he doesn't appear to be anything noteworthy about him other than those eyes um it's so funny to go besides this crazy fucking thing about him <laughs> there's nothing really yeah. special about this guy um but the that specific that specific feature is not something that is recognizable it doesn't call to mind anything in specific, although you do probably have a good idea just from a basic understanding that Azamar typically are capable of having like metallic or gem colored eyes or halos and, and, and things like that. So there's a possibility that he's an Azamar based on what you know. Um, but other than that one distinct feature. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nothing, nothing that you can call to mind with a, uh... The name Gold with the one, um, for a total of five. Nothing about the name Goldeneye, nothing about his golden eyes. <laughs> <clears throat> nothing, nothing comes to mind. Okay. Um, he gestures kind of behind him and he says, do you know what this is? At the three statues and everything? Yeah, with the sword and the stone and all that. Do I? Uh, you can make either history or religion check about those things. Let's do a good old history check. Sixteen. Uh, um, you uh, identify it pretty easily. The you know just from having read about it before that the Garden of the Seven Sages of Grace is built around a consecrated, uh, built around this consecrated ground. Specifically, this sword, which is known as Kaladbulg, is a powerful, what's known as a moon blade, that... Uh, Moon-touched blade? Uh, no, like an actual moon blade. Mm. Um, uh, was uh, driven into the stone, supposedly, um, uh, uh, many years ago. And since then, the power of the blade has radiated out, consecrating the ground. Um, and he says, uh, I see you have an eye for the blade. It's a source of great power and goodness. And it has drawn many powerful, good creatures here, celestials, who make their home in these gardens. And I am... Uh, Consider me a sort of manservant or a butler. I tend a caretaker. I, t I tend to the creatures who call this home. Creatures that you could not see with your normal sight. That is why these Empyrenees grow here. Because of the power radiating from the sword. Mm. And it is said that only one good enough to wield the blade can cut an Empyrenee. I look at Hotshot Aerith, who is here for Empyrean's. She, like, timidly walks up. And... Is Keitha with us? Sorry to interrupt. Yes, Keitha is with you. Okay. 
so Aerith kind of walks up and is like timid, like, and he just, Goldeneye just gestures to the sword and she walks right up to it and grabs the hilt and she's like, nothing, nothing. I don't think it'll work at all. But I want to try to mage hand assist. The mage hand wraps around it? Yeah. And pulls? Nothing. Nothing. Not like her pulling and the mage hand helping, nothing happens. It'd be really funny if this was a tourist trap. Like this golden eye guy is just like two contacts and ah, golden eye. <laughs> um... They give you a bumper sticker afterwards. Um, I, Aerith, do you want help? I, I, she like gets frustrated and walks away. Hey. I don't, I don't think I have it in me. Well, what did he say? Takes goodness? Yeah. And strength? Is that what he said? Uh, pure of heart? Goodness? Something? Mm. Something along those lines? Um, Goldeneye. Yes. <laughs> Are there any rules about retrieving this sword? One must be good and pure of heart. Good intentions. It has sat there for hundreds of years. Unmolested? Yes. I know that's a word, and nobody likes it when you say it. You know, it's funny. I have a dungeon master that I play with named Matt Broman. Hi, Matt. He uses that word all the time. <laughs> nobody likes it. For good reason, but I yes, guess. Undisturbed. Undisturbed, but un... Waiting for just the right person to come along. Someone kind, caring, pure of heart. Um, Good intentions. Is it okay if we all try? Yes. Le- uh, uh, Lena goes, Out of my way! Out of my way! She's like going up like she's going to try it. I was going to take his confirmation as we could all try and the secret parentheses is at the same time. Are you asking me that out of character? Or are you saying that to Lena? I'm telling you that out of oh, character. Oh, okay, okay. That. However you want to interpret his words. You could ask for clarification if you'd like. I am following what he said. He said we could all do it. Okay. Um, I have everyone come with me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Lena led the way. But I tell everyone to come on. And Aerith, too. Come on, we'll try again. Once you start getting like multiple hands on it, Golden Eyes kind of clears his throat and says, It's not going to work that way. Kind of a one person well, if it at a time. If it hasn't worked with one person for a long, long time. I mean, sure, feel free to try. I try. I get everyone to try at the same time. You get everyone in, and it doesn't budge. 
I really don't want to be the motherfucker to pull this sword out of this stone. <sighs> Lena jumps in and is like, let me try. And she does it by herself. Doesn't happen. Nothing. Chiwi appears to be uninterested in attempting. And so does Keitha. Well, yeah. She's just there. To be there. Um, I have a silly question, Aerith. Is there anything you could do or say that would give you a better shot? <laughs> um, any confession or, um, anything you want to say that might, I don't want to say purify you, but any, if, if you have intention that's, anything but good, maybe we can try to redirect that to give you a better chance. I, mm. I want you to succeed. Make a persuasion check. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta warm it up. <gasps> wow. 24. She kind of grabs her glasses and adjusts them and is like, oh, wow, just... Oh, I just feel so. What? I was just saying that I feel so. You and I are friends. Um. I was saying you and I are very good friends. Oh. When she says it out loud, Brayton's like. Like, looks at Sid and Lena and is like, and Lena's like, no friggin' way. No friggin' way. Sid and Brain are kind of like changing, you know, exchanging looks. And Chiwi's out of sight currently, but like Keith is standing to where she can keep sight on him. Yeah. Uh, to On uh, them and you guys. Yeah. And uh, Keith is just kind of like, you know, whatever, looking at Chiwi behind a wall over here. And Aerith is like, and she storms back up. She puts her hands on the blade. She goes to lift it. Nothing. I want to reward you for your vulnerability, Aerith. (laughs) She goes. I was just kidding. It was a ha-ha funny joke. Well, yeah, if you if you weren't kidding, um, it might have worked. You see her kind of turn back and, like, mutter something. Like, she puts her hand up, like... And then she grabs it again and goes to lift. Nothing. Did I cast Minor Illusion? This is out of character. Did I cast Minor Illusion before? I don't remember. For the... Oh, yes, for your escape, for your... Oh, no, that's my magic initiate. Okay, cool, we're good. A minor illusion's a cantrip, so you can cast it at will. I think I fucked up just a little. <laughs> just a little bit. Aerith is struggling, and you can kind of actually start to see her tear up a little bit. Oh, no. And you kind of see her, like, defeated and... No. Golden Eye steps up behind her 
and puts his hand on her back and says, It's all right, little one. I know your confession was true. And he, like, hands her an impurity. And she kind of, like, brushes, wipes away the tears. And, like, turns away, like, and heads back towards the group. And, like, walks up and, like, stop, kind of stops at you and says, uh, I just want you to know that no hot feelings. And she's, like, kind of choked up. And she just goes, Zlikstrin. And she just walks p- past you. I think you're purifying. She stops. And then she, like, kind of turns slightly back towards you and says, I'm sure you do. And, like, kind of walks away a little bit. Is everyone walking away? Uh, well, Sid and Brayton and Lena are kind of, like, waiting on you. Like... Let's get out of here. Come on, guys. Golden Eye kind of is, like... As everyone walks away... Mm-hmm. I'm still, like, up by the sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't smile at me. I don't want... I don't want to pull, pull. I just want to see. Okay. So you reach up and kind of do, like, a little tug just to see if you can move me, like, budget? Yeah. You place your hand on the hilt, and lo and behold, it doesn't budge. And Goldeneye says, uh, I can see you are close to pure of heart, but there is something weighing on you, young one. Something that has been weighing on you for many years. What are you, my therapist? I don't say that. That'd be hilarious if Nims pulled that out. I nod. I'm a little embarrassed. And I, um, join my friends. When you turn to leave, uh, like, away from him, he, like, puts his hand on your shoulder briefly, and he says, uh, the weight that we carry... This is a weight that feels the heaviness, the, the darkness that we can feel. We, we carry that weight, but it's a choice. And one day when you realize this, you can be free of it. I smile and nod. And then Nim has a realization. I'm so sorry. Can I get one more flower? We met this guy. <laughs> Your friends are definitely out of sight now. Yeah. He walks over and grabs the sword out of the stone and walks over and like, and then walks back, puts the sword back in the stone and hands you the flower. I say, thank you. And I give, not really a, one of those like, do I curtsy? Do I bow? What's the proper thing to do here? And I kind of like half curtsy a little bit. I, I want you to make an insight check. Okay. Natural 20. Of all the A checks. total of 22? Yeah. When you do 
little curtsy bow thing, he like clasps his hands together in front of him and he kind of gives you like a, a, like he head bow almost. But when he does, you sort of have this like flash of like, uh, you know, sort of when you see like a ghostly image, like superimposed over something, he like does this head bow. And as he does so, you see this ghostly image of like a dragon's head like extend from his like like you feel a sort of draconic presence okay nuts and he says your familiar will serve you well if you treat him as an equal thank you bye <laughs> you like <laughs> rush to catch yeah. up with your friends yeah and they've sort of gathered just outside of the cemetery. And you see the old man yeah. has like, there's a little bench there and he's like sitting there. And now when you walk up, Alan is like, oh my God. And then like, I'm like the second day of school. And then this, and then I'm like the third day of school. And then this, and then my friend, my friend Nymira, who's like my best friend of the whole world. Like no offense guys, you guys are really cool too, but she's like my best, best friend. And you guys are like my best friends. And like, she's just going on and on and on. And he's like doing this with the stick, like, uh-huh, yeah. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and uh, he sees you walk up, and Aerith sees you. And... I have it behind my back. Oh, okay, okay. So they see you walk up. And as I get to Barney, I produce the flower in front of him. His eyes kind of light up. I take it back. Um, as it's tucked behind my back, um... I'm going to kind of shove it up my robe sleeve on that side and then um, kind of like keep it tucked under my robe sleeve and come out and try to do like a jolt um, from the sleeve that it's in into my other hand as like a ha. Like a magician, like almost like a sleight of hand like magician's thing. Why don't you make a sleight of hand check for me? Not 20 number two, let's see. Uh, really quick, before you roll, I will grant you advantage if you tell me where you have seen this trick before. What do you mean? Where, oh, where Nim has where seen Where Nymira would have seen this trick before. Um, well, Aerith just did something similar to this. Okay, okay. Um, but more specifically, um... This is similar to what uh, Nim saw. Hold on, let me reference my notes. That's Baldo. The magical master Mephistopheles. Um, a magician I saw in my childhood. Um, did a similar trick. Of him? Yes. Oh, natural twenty. <laughs> and uh, it, if you would like to describe it, just you're just trying to like get it to jolt out into this hand yep. and catch it. I do like... a flick out of like a, like you said, like a jolt out of my right hand sleeve into my left hand, um, in a smooth way that makes it kind of just, pa up and appear into it and. For extra flair, um, this is a white flower with gold. Mm -hmm. um, 
when it produces into my hand, it just, um, like you see little like, not like firework, but like little like, ding, like a little of the yeah. gold kind of around it. Gotcha. Just like, I don't know how to do it except to make a sound and it's like, yeah. ding. <laughs> uh-huh. I know, what you're, I know what you're going for. <laughs> um, as I produce it for Barnabas. Oh, he gives you a little clap. Oh, that very, very, that. It was almost like you're a mage and you did it with magic. <laughs> almost, yeah. Well, would you be a dare and help me find? I thought you guys were doing, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh. Alan is like, oh yeah, I already found it, but we were too busy talking that I didn't have time to tell him. Gotcha. And, and Alan, like, Escorts him with you and... We go. And he has a hard time bending over, so he has you, like, lay it down for him. Mm-hmm. And as he, like, kind of stands up, he stands up, like, fully straight, which is not, because he's hunched over, like, on his fucking He stands up fully straight, and uh, he, like, sets the, the walking stick, like, rests it against the headstone. And he turns to you and he says, uh, that was a very sweet thing you did. I was but a stranger to you, and you were yet willing to offer aid. Of course. His eyes kind of flash, and you feel a similar presence that you felt when you were with Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. And he reaches into his, like a pouch on his belt, and he pulls out a stone. And the stone looks like it has carved into it the face, like a profile of a dragon head. It's like a like a skipping stone, right? It's yeah. really thin, yeah, yeah. smooth on one side, with a dragon's face carved on the other side. And where the eye should be, there's a little uh, gemstone, like a yellow topaz, where the eye should be. And he, like, hands it to you. I kind of look at him and take it. For good luck. For your care and consideration of others while you are here in the gardens. Thank you. Um, I probably need it. <laughs> and he pulls off his bracelet that he's wearing, kind of, yeah. kind of see, and he hands it to Alan A. And he says, uh, What a dear speaking to you. And he like, has her hold out her hand and he puts like the bracelet over Alan's wrist and uh, you can see what it is is it's like uh, uh, jade beads yeah and then at where the like the cla- or like the tying part is here on the opposite side of that like on the top part there's three kind of like citrine yellowish gems in the shape of beads and he says, you know, do take care of that. And uh, I was like, thank you. <laughs> kind of weird. She doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, She's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we should probably be going, right? Yeah. Let's go. Um, thank you again, mm-hmm. Barnabas. He's like very, like standing up very straight now. And he does the same like head Head tilt gesture. I do another awkward curtsy bow thing. 
do you want me to tell you what these things are? You mean it's not just a stone? Oh, I absolutely not. Um, one of the things that ha- the one of the things that does happen is as you guys are leaving, Alan like takes off the bracelet and is like, "Here." What? It just it clashes because of blue. Blue. I'm wearing blue. Yeah, but I'm much more of a fashionista than you are. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, I'll keep it if you want, but I don't know. I just you helped him. We all helped him. She shrugs and walks away. I roll my eyes. Uh, so the stone is a stone of good luck, which is a magic item. Mm-hmm. And it does require attunement. And once you are attuned, it does uh, three. This one does three things. A normal stone does plus one armor class and plus one to all saving throws. Okay. That's what a normal stone does. That's two things, right? AC and saving throws. This stone does both of those things. And in addition. If you attune to it, you can understand, you can speak and understand Draconic. Cool. That's crazy. Might come in handy, you know, if you were to, say, get a cool pseudo-dragon familiar. You know, just thoughts. Uh, and the second thing is a uh, bracelet of prayer beads. The jade beads don't do anything. It's, it is like a it's, a, it's a prayer bead bracelet. But the three citrine gems allow you to cast cure wounds. Uh, just for a first level cure wounds, but you have three charges. But in order for you to recharge the bracelet, someone has to cast the spell into the gemstone. Gotcha. So it doesn't naturally recharge like how most items do on a, at dawn. Um, and the only way to recharge it is to have someone cast Cure Wounds. Now it's one casting per gem. So if you deplete all of them and you want someone to recharge it, they have to cast three level one Cure Wounds in here. Question. Yes. Is it limited to level one cure wounds? Uh, if you spend all three, it's a third level cure wounds. So like if Not you... my question. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> That's a little... Um, could you cast multiple like level two cure wounds into it? Like no. Three? They store only first level cure wounds. Got it. Each bead does. Yeah. But when you activate it, you can say spend two or three at a time. Okay. But it only holds level one cure wounds in each gem. But if I use multiple charges at once, it will act like a level two. Yeah. So if you use two gems, it'll be a level two cure wounds. Got it. If you use three, level three. And it does not require attunement. Got it. Yeah. It does not require attunement. Now, really, uh, you know, giving it to Alan A, right, there was sort of like a, she was chatting him up and this and that, whatever. So he gave it to her because she endured listening to him talk and he was like listening to her talk. So it's kind of like an in-character, like, oh, you know, here, you know. But you're the player, right? 
Alan A. I guess. Alan is an NPC. I was just about to give this away because I'm like, somebody else shouldn't have this. I mean, you're welcome to give it away. You could give it to someone and then, it, you know, if they, if they happen to be with you while you're adventuring, they could use it. I I'd... will consider that Sure. having both of these means um, I have better odds at staying up and... Because of that, I have better odds of being the person who can heal my friends if I need to. Yeah. So I'll keep them both. Okay. We covered a lot. We covered your uh, searching for Elvin and his conversation regarding... Uh... I hope he has a goth phase. <laughs> yeah. I hope that's what comes next. Uh, we covered uh, you officially joining Society and Magic, Magic yeah. and Society. Uh, we covered... And the consequences that and, came thereafter. And the consequences and implications that follow. Uh, we covered, you know, the form... You guys getting assigned your fighter initiate, who very clearly doesn't want to have anything to do with any of you, and is doing it simply because she's been assigned to you. Uh, and we covered the acquisition of the first component for... Aerith. Aerith. Yeah. By visiting the Garden of the Seven Sages of Grace. Not one of us is pure of heart. Uh, so, uh, I guess what's left? Next next session will be... We got two ingredients to Yeah, get. which is what the bulk of the party, three, at least three, looking for the Lunar Root. Mm -hmm. And as of right now, two looking for the Blood Root with Lena sort of undecided. Mm -hmm. Um... So the Lunar Root seems like it might be the next step because it is the other one that you know where to find, mm -hmm. uh, which is in a Druid's Grove just outside the city, slightly to the north where the mountains are. Uh, so that would that's, I think, the next step. So... Save the cakewalk for last. Yeah, the yeah. cakewalk. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.